0: Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. Our vision is to extend and establish the influence of the Kingdom of God by equipping the saints for the work of ministry. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Because as you, you can tell, there's, there's a presence here this morning. There's an anointing here this morning. And part of what we're meant to do today, it's the Church of the Nations International Day of Prayer I was going to give some time for that, and we probably will maybe just give some a little bit later. But concerning the day of prayer, concerning the Word and the prophetic Word that has come forth, I, want to, I have a short few things that I want to share with you from one portion, one passage of Scripture, which I believe is poignant, given what Pastor Andreas has shared. And I want to share it with you because I believe the new wineskin that God is wanting to create in us, when God speaks about new wine and a new anointing and there's a new thing happening, He's calling us to a place. He's calling us to a place of of confrontation with His Word, with His person, with the Spirit of God, with who He is, that so completely changes the way we see ourselves, the things around us, that it shifts us and makes us ready to receive new wine. The Bible says old wineskins can't receive new wine. Old mindsets, old ways of doing things, old old habits, old routines cannot hold or manage... New wine. They cannot. You see, what you have up to this point has sustained you up to this point. Amen? Amen? But if we want to enter into something new, yes. a personal change needs to happen. The prophetic word, Rick, you can put the prayer thing up there if you would. The prophetic word that came out a little while ago had to do with acceleration. Do you remember that? acceleration. There is a time of acceleration. Behold, I'm doing a new thing, and it's going to happen fast, and it's going to happen quickly. There's, there's a sense in the Spirit that God is doing His things in a, at a faster pace. Amen? The Spirit is moving at a faster pace. And if you're anything like me, when you hear something like that, the knee-jerk reaction is to say, okay, I'd better get busy. I'd better be doing more. If God is doing more, I'd better be joining Him. I'd better be praying more, I better be doing stuff and get busy and reach out and do this and that. And we get caught up in trying to do what Jesus said He would do. Matthew 16, 18, He said, Peter, this revelation of who I am, the Son of God, on that revelation, this rock, I will, I will build my church. Amen? Jesus said, I will build my church. I can't build the church of God. You can't build the church of God. That is something only Jesus is going to do. We co labor with him. We are the people of God. But Pastor Ken said something very recently in an article he sent out from the Apostolic Council. And Pastor Ken said this I am convinced that the way ahead for acceleration will not be through methods or through programs but through relationships. Firstly and primarily with God, and then with each other. Our future then becomes a question, not of what, but of who. Who. Who we are. A revelation of who we are in the sight of God. Who God has connected us with. So if acceleration means greater levels of influence, who will we influence, and how is God calling us to influence them? the one portion of Scripture I want to ask you to turn in your Bibles to today is John 15. And we're going to read from verses 9 through to verse 17. I'm going to read the whole portion, and then we're going to take a minute and just break it up, and I'm going to do certain things. We're going to talk a little bit about each verse this morning. It says this, As the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love is no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Father, I pray this morning as we talk about your love, that your love would touch and change our hearts today. I pray for a fresh revelation and a fresh shift that is able to receive a dimension of your love that we have never known before. Your word says in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, as, you pray, as the Apostle Paul prayed, that we would know the height, the depth, the length, and the breadth, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. Father, my prayer is today that that kind of revelation and that that kind of shift would take place in each and every heart that listens to this word today, in Jesus' name. Verse 9 says, As the Father has loved me, so i've loved you abide in my love jesus lived his life completely completely submitted to and out of the overflow of his father's love would you agree with that statement yes. jesus lived himself completely submitted to his father's love completely secure he knew exactly who he was and how much his father loved him and then what he does is he says As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. In other words, the same kind of love, the same kind of place that I have in His heart, you have in my heart, and therefore in the heart of the Father. Therefore abide. Make your abode in His love. What is an abode? An abode is not a hotel or a motel where you go and stay for a day. An abode is a home. It's where you settle in. It's where you kick off your shoes and you're free and you're relaxed to be yourself. You're not, no one else is watching. It's just, you're in your comfortable place where you know you belong. Jesus is calling us as his people, as his disciples, to make our home in his love. Not to visit it once a week on a Sunday, not to feel it now and then, but to become at home in it. So at home that we're comfortable in the Father's love. Not worried about judgment. Not worried about oh, what he will—is he, he happy with me? Is he unhappy? We've come to the place as sons and daughters of God, where we are secure in His love. He then goes on to say, "If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide is in His love." You see, God's love is like a physical home, like I've said, that we make ourselves at home in. We get to settle in and enjoy everything that's available. In other words, come inside open the fridge, help yourself. It's all available. It's all there. Any home, you see, we get to settle in and enjoy everything that's available. However, every good home, every, every stable home, has within it rules and responsibilities. Would you agree? You have rules in your home. We have a fun thing with our children. They understand that when they're at our home, our rules apply. When they're at Yaya and Bapu's home, Yaya's rules apply. And often they're not the same. They get away with a lot more at Yaya's house. The other day, Leah was going upstairs at my sister's house with some marshmallows in her hand, and Mom said, ah, 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 no food in the bedrooms. To which Leah said, "Um, Mommy, I don't mean to be rude, very respectfully, but this is Auntie Janine's house, so it's Auntie Janine's rules. To which Mom could say, no more. (laughs) You see, when we live in God's house, we get to enjoy the blessings of everything that God has made available to us, but we also get to live by, have to live by the rules of God's house. And rules are there for what? They are there for the benefit of all. They are there for the protection of all. And likewise, in a home, there's certain responsibilities. I've got to do certain chores around the house. My wife does certain chores around the house. And there's things that need to be done. And we're responsible to make sure that they are done. They protect the atmosphere and the people within it. And they they provide the right expectancies within the home when we have clear rules and clear responsibilities. Even though everything is available, everything is open. And God says to us, keep my commandments. In other words, love according to the rules of my house and you will abide in my love. However, just just as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you, that your joy may remain and that your joy may be full. In other words, if you can live this way, you will experience and know a joy in God which is beyond condition, which is beyond just a feeling. It is something that strengthens you and gives you such a place of stability in your life that you can face what come what may. Examine your heart. Are you filled with joy this morning? If not, it's a sure sign that you've not yet found your place of truly abiding in the Father's heart of God. This is my commandment, he said, that you love one another as I have loved you. Christ loved us as he had been loved by the Father. And he expects, what of us, that we in turn receive that love and pass it on. Love one another as I have loved you. For greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. What does it mean to lay down my life for my friends? Does it mean I need to go and be crucified for them? No, of course not. What it means is that I put the needs of others before my own. And who's he talking to here? Just my wife? Just my children? He's talking about my spiritual family, he's talking about the brethren. And I think you could even take this further than that. He's talking about just a man in the street. Am I more interested in my comfort? Am I pursuing my own comfort and advancement? Or has my heart been so touched by the love of God that I see other people through His love? Jesus said this, You are my friends if you do what I command you. That's not the same as one of these conditional things we say, If you love me, you'll do that. How many of you have tried that one? How did it go? Just somehow that never works, does it? Because it's manipulation. But if you, once you understand what Jesus means by a friend, you are my friends if you do what I command you. Jesus is not using the if you love me kind of thing to manipulate us. He shows that our love for him is demonstrated by putting his interests and purposes above our own. We love to sing the song, I am a friend of God, he calls me friend. You know that song? But what does it actually mean to be a friend of God? He says, if you do whatever I command you, you are my friends. So there's a condition to that. Have we ever stopped to consider the if are we in our, do we wake up in the morning and go about our day deliberately pursuing God's kingdom interests and purposes and his love in our everyday lives? Or are we still very much preoccupied with our own routine and our own chores and our own jobs? What is it that's at the forefront of our mind? Do we see ourselves as kingdom people engaging in kingdom work, advancing the kingdom, sharing the love of God? Or are we still very much distracted by building our, in- kingdom, our own security, our own comfort, our own plans. You see, this kind of friendship with Christ, this kind of devotion, it doesn't happen accidentally. It's a very deliberate thing. It takes time and energy. It takes catching of the heart of God. Spurgeon said this, it must be an active obedience. Notice that. You, my friends, if you do whatever I command, some think it is quite sufficient if they avoid what God forbids. Abstinence from evil is a great part of righteousness, but it is not enough for friendship with God. To be a friend means that we carry the same heart, the same interests, the same pursuits. The Bible says it this way can two walk together unless they be agreed. You will not be friends with somebody if you have nothing in common with them. Would you agree with that? We understand that in a natural way. Of course, Facebook throws that, you know. I'm not talking about Facebook friends and likes and the superficial stuff. I'm talking about a real friend that sticks closer than a brother. You don't have that kind of friend if, you, if you're not pursuing the same thing. And so what Jesus is saying here, you are my friend when you pursue the thing that is... That is captured my heart. When your heart is so filled with the love of the Father as mine is, that you pursue sharing that love with everyone around you, then you become a co-laborer with Christ. Then he can call you a friend. He goes on to say, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I have learned from my Father." I have made known to you. It's that picture again. I hold nothing back from you. All of who I am, all of what I've done is available to you. Freely so. You don't have to earn it. There's nothing more you have to do. But it's there. It's available to you. Help yourself to whatever you find in the fridge. But it goes beyond that. Tenny says this, A friend is a confidant who shares the knowledge of his superior's purpose and voluntarily adopts it as his own. So what does that mean in the home analogy once again? It means that I come in, and sure, there's times where I kick off my shoes, put them up on the coffee table, grab a cup of coffee and and, and enjoy myself, and I, I bed in and I'm settled. But there's other times where I see Father God making some bread in the kitchen and I go and help him knead the dough. There's other times where I see there's garbage that needs to be taken out. And without being told or expected of, you know, these are the rules of the house, something within me has taken this place of, of, of life so much that I'll happily go and of my own will and accord take out the garbage because there's something that needs to be done here. In other words, I have not just settled in for what I can get from Jesus. I've not just settled in for what I can get from God, but my heart has wrapped around His love so much that I'm willing to take on the responsibility with Him of perpetuating that love, of sharing that love, of doing what is necessary in whatever whatever situation or circumstance I find myself in. In my marriage with Helen, that's going to look a certain way. I can't just sit back and enjoy all the good that Helen gives me without giving in return. I can't just come to a workplace and expect a salary and not... Prepare to give in it. Do you understand? Every relationship, every environment God places us in, He gives us opportunities to be salt, to be light, to take His love and His kingdom and be an influence for Him and for for the good of the other. Rounding up, Jesus said this, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give you. Folks, when you get up tomorrow, it's not happenstance that you happen to go where you're going. It's not all by chance. It's not all kind of destiny and written in the stars. No, no, no. First of all, God has chosen you and called you to a place of love and safety. He's chosen you. He said, I want you as my child. You are my son. You are my daughter. But not only that, he has appointed you. A cho- choice, being chosen, brings you into that environment where everything is available to you. Being appointed means that I give you this responsibility within and from that place. I have chosen you, God says. And I hope you hear the voice of God today saying to your heart, I have chosen you. I have called you into my love and I have appointed you that you should go from that place of abundance, supply, comfort, stability, safety to live beyond yourself, to live beyond your own self interests, to live beyond just being concerned about your own life. There's a difference that you can make, a lasting impact that will, because it also says this. That you, this is my desire, that you will bear fruit and that your fruit will remain. You will make an impact in somebody's life that will change them and it will remain. And that fruit will echo, it will remain into eternity. Verse 17, these things I command you, that you love one another. Love is the command. And by doing these things, love will be the result. I want to say some things to you that God started showing me on Friday morning. We cannot say that we have shared the love of God with someone until we have felt the love of God for them. So what I'm talking to you about this morning is not contrived. It's not trying to build something up or manipulate or coerce. But it is, you know, if if God places you in an environment, in a workspace, and you don't feel the love of God for anybody around you, I'm not saying to you now, go and manufacture the love of God. I'm saying to you, get on your knees and say, God, there's something wrong in my heart here. Or I've become so hard and cold and so focused on myself and my own comfort that I don't even sense the love of God for the people around me. I I recognize that there's something wrong there. Start with yourself. Start with your wineskin. You want God to fill you with His love for somebody else? You need to shift your heart to a place where you are able to receive that. Pastor Ken again in that article said this, perhaps acceleration is not so much doing new things, but doing the familiar things that Jesus has already declared in His Word, but doing them from a heart that has been enlarged by the love of God. On Friday morning, I wrote something in my journal that I want to share with you because I believe it will encourage you and I'm hoping it will help you see things from a different perspective. As I was praying and waiting on the Lord, this is what I wrote down. We are a family, Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship, that's just the name of our family. We are a family that reaches out. Our influence touches many various domains of society. Maybe you didn't know this. What we need is not for an organizational ministry or outreach that bears the name of Alpha and Omega, thus drawing attention to ourselves. What we need is a revelation of the kingdom of God so that we become salt and light and the very heart and hands and feet of Jesus, bringing kingdom growth and societal change in the sphere that God has appointed us. Yes, we do need to be more aware and assertive with regards to making known the king. There's no kingdom without the king. Amen? We cannot say we're collaborating with Christ in in, in extending his kingdom without introducing people to the king, but it starts with introducing them to the love of the king. But this ought to be, this, this introduction to the king, the sharing the word of God, needs to come from a natural, relational overflow of intimacy with him not a contrived, results-driven program. You see, we can set up this outreach, and we're going to go hit this this community, and we go knock on doors, and we come back with our papers, and I won five, and I won four to the Lord, and I won 17. Ooh, special one. And what happens is we make this a results-driven thing. But here's the thing. No love in our hearts for those people we've just won. None. Because it's about what we could achieve. There's no love for them. There's no relationship with them. Oh, but we can invite them in. That's good. And understand what I'm saying this morning, folks. I'm not against evangelism or evangelistic outreaches. I've done them. I've organized them. I will do more. They are great. They're a good starting point. But if, if we are not evangelizing, sharing the love and the life of Jesus Christ in our everyday lives because it is so overflowing from us, No evangelistic outreach is going to change our hearts. No evangelistic outreach is going to change our community. Because we're going to go out, we're going to get some results, we'll get some decisions, and then we'll not know what to do with them because there's no love in our hearts. This is what God is talking to us about. Let me give you an example of some areas that this spiritual family is already exercising influence. Do you want to know where this spiritual family is exercising influence right now? As I sat there with my journal, these are the areas. Education. We have three, four teachers within our fellowship. Healthcare. Nursing. In the legal sphere, we are exercising influence in the business and finance realms, in the areas of auditing. We have small business owners. We have people involved in high levels of the IT sphere. We have those who are evaluating and issuing microloans to enable others to start up businesses and, and do what it is that they need to do. We have those who are involved every day in logistics and service delivery, making sure stuff gets where it has to be on time. We have people involved in the insurance sphere. We have people out there influencing the investment realms. We have people in retail. We have people in ministry who go and minister to pastors. We have people in, ed, in, 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 in theo, 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 theological training. That's a tr- tricky one. And I bet you there's more that I've forgotten. Now you say to me as a church, as a fellowship, we want to see God's acceleration and we want to see God's moving. What picture is it that you have in your mind Are you seeing another meeting? Are you seeing another program? Or are you coming around to the understanding that the acceleration and the growth of influence that God is wanting to to break forth in His church is not going to be in another meeting or within the four walls of a building like this, but it's going to be in the very place where God places you to have tremendous influence, where the love of God has an opportunity to overflow and we get to touch and change lives, around us. My prayer is that as we consider the accelerated kingdom growth and influence, is simply this, that we would have a deeper experience of the Father's transformational love and that we would seek to learn how to share that love with others. Folks, this is the essence. These things remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Is love. If, and I want to say this question again because this is a wonderful way for us to begin searching our hearts. When you go to college tomorrow morning, when you go to school tomorrow morning, when you go to your workplace tomorrow morning, if you look around at the people around you and you feel no genuine, inspired love for them, deep, real concern for them, get on your knees and talk to God about it. Because as believers, filled with the love of God, that is not normal. But it has become the status quo. And if you sense, people, that there is a love for you, what are you doing about that? Are you praying for them? Are you seeking for opportunities to change and to bring positive influence into their lives and into the environment that God placed you in? I don't mean just go and tell them about Jesus, unless He leads you to do so, of course. I mean, just go and carry their groceries. Go bless them in some way. Help them with their work when they're struggling. You stay late to help them finish their job, even though you finished yours hours ago. Whatever it takes to communicate that you are important and that God loves you. Oh, and by the way, I love you too. That'll change the world around us. That completely changes everything. I want to ask if Hannah, would you go and call the kids, please? Nicole, Ariel, can we just get ready for, 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 to sing a song? This morning is our communion. And what these emblems represent is what? Love. Amen? Amen? So let me round up, first of all, talking about our International Day of Prayer. They gave us some points to pray on. Because of how I believe the Spirit has led us this morning, we haven't given ourselves to that. But I don't believe we've done it any disservice or disfavor. Because I think God is really talking to us about the wineskins of our hearts and the attitudes of our hearts. So as we go from this place today, let that be your focus. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, Come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.